Thanks, Chris. Hey, welcome everyone to Blackhawk Church Online. We're really, really glad that you're joining us right now. Hey, uh, before we get into everything with the message, first off, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you to all of you who are giving generously to our church right now by hopping onto our website and giving there. We're just really grateful. Look, as we do that, your generosity gives us the opportunity as a church to be strong in this season. It gives us the opportunity to do what we're doing and have these messages sent out all around the world. It gives us the opportunity to be able to share the message of Jesus with so many people who need that message in a massive way at this time. It gives us the opportunity to be able to put out kids programming that helps children understand who Jesus really is. It helps us to have a strong staff team right now in this season as we take care of them in the midst of this time. And it also, it helps us to be able to be generous with those who really are most vulnerable in this season, individuals and families who are really struggling to make ends meet. And so regardless if your gifts are large or if they're small, every little bit helps. It helps us to be able to be what we think the church should be in this season and to shine brightly for the message of Jesus at a time that feels really dark for people. So thank you. The other thing is I wanna tell you about what I think is gonna be a really cool opportunity for us to dive into something together as a church collectively. So we've been hearing from some of our partners that they are getting low right now on different supplies that they need. And so we are going to do a, uh, a homemade mask and supply drive for a bunch of our different partners, including Veterans Hospital. And if you want more information about this, go to our webpage and go to the impact page with it says COVID and all the information is on there. There's information on how to make masks, the instructions that you need for those. Um, So some of you are gonna want this. Me, you don't want me making masks. But for some of you, you get this and you're gonna be able to do it. All of the supplies that we need as well are on there. Hygiene products, granola bars, all kinds of really practical things that we can get into people's hands. And so go take a look at that list. And on that list are three different drop-off times where you can bring all of your surprise supplies right here to Brader Way. And uh, we're gonna have people here to grab that stuff from you during those times. There'll be some familiar faces. Just put your stuff in the back of the car, like in the trunk. And uh, you don't even have to get out of your car. In fact, don't get out of your car. We'll come over, you pop your trunk, we'll take everything out, we'll wave to you and you'll be on your way. But who doesn't need a reason right now to be able to get out with the family? So make this a fun thing you do. The first drop-off opportunity is this coming Saturday, May 23rd. So mark it on your calendar. Take a look at the webpage, blackhawkchurch.org, impact COVID, and get all the information. Let's do this, church. Let's do this together and have the opportunity to really love our city well by being the hands and feet of Jesus and the way that we show up in a really practical manner. Let's do this together. Can't wait to see you on one of these drop-off days. Well, we are in week five of a six-week series that we are going through right now called Take Heart that we have decided to do during this COVID season time and uh, just in order to deal with what it looks like to be a Christ follower in the midst of really uncertain times. And the title that we came up with really came from a passage of scripture that we've actually all been memorizing together. John chapter 16, verse 33, that says this, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. 
because I have overcome the world. Let's, uh, let's do something for a minute. Let's uh, go ahead and try saying that together, okay? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. It is great words for us to be able to focus on in the midst of this season of, uh, of masks and hand sanitizer. You know, okay, speaking of masks and hand sanitizer, I just need to bring up that I was thinking back to my last couple of sermons right before COVID season took place. Take a look at this. There you go. Yes, my one message was on the subject of masks and the one just a couple before that was one on purity where I had hand sanitizer on stage. Who was to know that I was such a modern day prophet? You know, so, but it's weird when we think back to two months ago at the beginning of this COVID-19 season that we're in right now, when everything really started to hit. Um, I remember the first days that I found out I was going to be working at home. And, uh, and I remember that in that season, um, Hannah was home for a spring break. She was home from the University of Georgia with five days of clothes. And, uh, and we realized she was gonna be home a little bit longer. She was gonna have to stretch that five days of clothes just a little bit longer into a longer vacation. And Leah was gonna be home with us. And so there were definitely moments in those first couple days of like panic, but at the same time, there was kind of an element of, I don't know, fun in those first days. You know, kind of this feeling of this sort of like mandatory extended staycation. And so we started watching movies together and uh, we played Euchre, the girls busted out puzzles that they were doing. And for those first couple weeks, like there was some, you know, fun going on with everything in the midst of work that we were doing. And, and, and then all of a sudden it started to hit us. This was going to be a lot longer than what we had expected. You know, that five days of clothes for Hannah were going to have to last a lot longer because we had no idea whenever she would be headed back to the University of Georgia for classes. And well, for Leah, you know, Leah is a senior at Memorial High School. We all of a sudden realized that there was a really unclimactic ending coming to her senior year. And, you know, to all of you who are graduates right now, who are watching from high school, undergrad, grad school, I just want you to know our hearts go out to you right now in the midst of this season. And it was then that, that we realized for, for our family like this was not just going to be a sprint. This really was going to be a marathon. Back when, uh, when I was in high school, I ran on the men's cross country team and uh, we had a good team in high school. All of it was because of this coach that we had who was like really creative in the type of workouts that he came up for us. One time we were on a cross country trip together as a team. We had a long distance day that we were supposed to do. And I remember he drove us to a beach that was a really hard packed beach in Florida. And as we got on the beach, he pointed down the beach to a pier that looked like it was so unbelievably far away. And he said, what we're doing today, you're running to that pier. And once you get there, turn around and start running back this direction. Now, none of us were familiar with this beach. And so we asked our coach, we were like, okay, but how far do we run back? And he said, you just keep running until you see me. And so we took off running. And this was like, this was the time before GPS watches, before, you know, anything where you could really track how far it was that you were going. And so none of us had any idea of the distance and none of us had any idea of how far we were actually gonna be running that day. 
And it ends up that we finally got to, we finally, we got to the pier, we turned around running back. We ended up running all together, like just shy of 15 miles that day. But it was one of the most excruciating runs that I had ever been a part of in my life, mostly because you had no idea where the finish line was. And so it wasn't just physically exhausting. There was a mental element to this entire race that literally felt like a marathon because we had no idea when we were going to be done. And so in our minds, you're just asking the question, how long is this going to go for? You see, I think in this, this season that we find ourselves in right now, we're all asking that question of how long. Like we've been told that what we're dealing with right now is a marathon, but all of us are wondering how long is this really gonna last? We feel like the little kid in the back of the car on a family vacation road trip who just keeps asking, how much longer? How much longer? How much farther? Like, cause we have no idea how far it is that we're actually going to be going. And so, you know, we start asking questions like how long until we can gather again? How much longer am I gonna have to be making Zoom calls? How much longer do I have to wear this mask? How much longer do I have to be following the arrows on the floor at the grocery store? How much longer until I can buy more than one pack of you know, burgers? How much longer until there's gonna be toilet paper on the shelves? How long until I can get on a plane and not be nervous? How much longer, for if you're a student or a kid, how much longer are my parents going to be my teachers? And how much longer until I know if I'm gonna be going back to class in the fall? How much longer until I know that my family is safe? How much longer until the the economy turns around? How much longer until I know whether or not I have a job? How much longer until there's actually going to be a vaccine and we can move through this? We just ask all of these questions and we're not given any answer. And the thing is, is that in a season like that, it can be really easy for us to grow weary and to lose heart. And let's just be honest for a minute, like show of hands, wherever you're at right now, like how many of you, like you would go, yeah, this thing is making me weary. And like this thing right now, like I am totally losing heart. Like I am close to just being over it. You see, we we all deal with this struggle of not knowing where the finish line is and growing weary and losing heart. And so what I wanna do is I wanna talk today about a particular passage of scripture that I think deals with this subject. The, the, the title for the message today is, is Perseverance, you know, in the midst of uncertain times. I think we could also title it Marathon Running when you have no clue where the finish line is. And we're going to deal with a passage of scripture that really picks up this subject of running and gives us an idea of what it means to be able to run well in the midst of uncertain times so that we don't grow weary and, and lose heart. And so we're gonna turn right now to Hebrews chapter 12. If you've got a Bible out or whatever device you look at the Bible on, go ahead and turn right now in the New Testament to Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to take a look at this word picture that's created around the idea of running and racing. Now, before I go any farther though, I just wanna make sure that you get the idea that this is an analogy, like it's a figurative image of the way that we're to be in our Christian life. Like, I'm just really hoping that I'm not gonna get emails from people saying, Matt, thanks for bringing this up because I really do need to get in shape. Like if you're hearing it that way, you're totally missing the point. This is an idea of what it looks like for us to live our our lives as as Christ followers in in a healthy manner. And uh, so let's go ahead and read this passage. Now, I decided rather than me just simply sitting here reading the passage right now, 
I decided instead that I would ask some graduates from the UW and local high schools to read the passage for us. And uh, so take a look at this for a minute. Therefore. 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 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary, so that you will not grow weary, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And that's just an awesome, awesome passage of scripture. Let's let's go ahead and, and dive into it together. So it starts off saying, therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Okay, now whenever you're reading scripture, it's worth it for us to be looking at it from an angle of really asking questions. Something that you should be wondering at this point is, okay, who is this cloud of witnesses? And uh, anytime that you see the word therefore in scripture, you know that there is something that happened previously that we need to go back and, and look at in order to understand what's going on here right now. And in order to do that, all you have to do is go back one chapter to chapter 11. Now, we don't have time to do that right now, but later on today, take some time to be able to read chapter 11, and you're going to get this picture of who this cloud of witnesses is in this chapter. It's just all of these different people mentioned, these heroes of the faith, these men and women who, who gave their life for the glory of God, people like, uh, like Noah and Abraham and, and Sarah and, and Moses and Rahab and many others that are, that are mentioned in this area, these people who gave their lives for the sake of the glory of God. And they had incredible faith in the way that they lived. And it gives this picture that this is the cloud of witnesses. This is a unique group of people who are cheering these people on. And uh, it's, it's, it's different, kind of like if you think about it, it's different than a typical spectator of a sport. You know what I'm talking about when I say like a spectator of a sport? Like picture like at a UW basketball game. A spectator is the person who shows up and they buy a ticket for the game. And maybe they've never played the game of basketball before, but because they buy a ticket, they like feel the right uh, to, um, to kind of yell their advice to the players who are on the court at the time, even though they've never played. You see, this, this cloud of witnesses is different than that. This is, you could think of these people more like their um, alumni, like those who have played the game before. They've been on the court before. They have paid the price to be at the game with their own blood and sweat and tears. And so the words of confidence they can pour into and the words of encouragement that they bring to the people who are playing now look completely different. It reminds me of um, my daughter's both when they were at Memorial High School, they were really involved in the theater department and drama department at Memorial High School. And they were both involved in school musicals. And on the nights of performances, some of their favorite people that they would have come back to watch their performances were alumni. Those who had been in the theater department who had graduated and gone on to college, but were coming back to watch their shows. And they always got really excited about these people coming back and getting a chance to see them after the show because the way that this group of people would pour confidence and encouragement into the current people who were on the stage was incredible. They had a way of being able to do it unlike anyone else because they knew what it was like 
to be on the stage. You see, that's the picture that we get of this particular cloud of witnesses who are just simply encouraging people in the future. But, but here's the thing is that for any of us who have done any type of competitive anything, we know that it takes more than encouragement to run a good race. In order to, to run a good race, you actually need more. Like if you talk to an actual long distance competitive runner, it's more than people encouraging you while you're running. And it's more than you just simply running a bunch of miles before showing up to a race. No, there's like practice. It needs to happen. There's, there's strategy and, and there's a game plan that actually needs to take place as, as you run. And so what this author does in the book of Hebrews is they give us an idea of a game plan of what it means to live the Christian life well. And it gives three different recommendations that we're going to look at. So let's go back to the passage for just a moment here. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Okay, what's point one of the game plan? Get rid of extra weight and make sure you don't get tangled up in stuff. That kind of feels like a no brainer, doesn't it? You know, like if you were to go to a cross country coach and ask for, you know, some words of wisdom from them and they said to you, well, when you run, just make sure you don't get tangled up in stuff and try not to carry extra weight. You'd be like, well, was kind of hoping for something a little more because it seems so obvious. But it's something that in this day and age, in this season that we're in, that we need to be aware of. We need to make sure that we're not picking up extra weight. Like I, um, we have a, a, a little workout area that we've created in our basement during COVID-19 because we can't go to the gym. It's really not impressive at all. It's like a few different sets of free weights and a yoga mat and uh, some exercise bands and a balance ball and like that's really about all that we have but with the weights that we have down there we our lightest set are these little like six pound guys which like when you pick up a six pound weight it just doesn't feel all that impressive you're like I could do a lot of things with these six pound weights but try taking these with you on a five mile run and see how you do all of a sudden even just a small amount of weight like completely changes the way that you're able to do that race. That's the perspective that this author is trying to go for. And I mean, let's be honest, this season that we're living in, <laughs> it's kind of crazy right now. Like, we're, like the farther we get into this, the more crazy people are getting. Like I'm hearing stories of like introverts who are like missing people, you know, of like perfectionistic people who are like cutting their own bangs, of type A people who are like sleeping in till noon, you hear about the Humane Society who had no more animals because everybody has a pet now these days. You know, like, and all of that is happening because of like the tension in the world right now due to what it is that we're walking through. You see, in the midst of seasons where things get like this, it can be really easy to take on extra weight. And I don't mean like COVID snacking. That's a whole nother sermon for another day. Like, I mean that like in a season like this, we can have a tendency to be people who pick up things and carry things that actually are detrimental for us. Like there's statistics these days that are showing that, uh, well, hits on pornography sites are up by anywhere between 11 and 18%, depending on the study that you look at. Alcohol sales up by 55% right now. Um, you know, we read articles about drug use being on the rise. 
My wife and I had conversations with people who are struggling with eating disorders. They, I, they were fine before and handling things okay, but now all of a sudden in this season, it's just risen up in their life again. You know, I mean, even like to things like, like Netflix and the amount of binge watching that's happening. You know, it's interesting. Netflix thought that they were going to get a spike during this COVID-19 season. They thought they might see somewhere around about 7 million new viewers that would come on and subscribe. Yet that number actually doubled to just shy of 15 million new people who have subscribed to Netflix in these seasons. Many of them who you know are, are binge watching shows. You know, and all of this stuff, it can end up weighting us down. Now, I wouldn't say all of it's sinful, you know, but there are like, but with any of it, it like when we step into those areas, it can just bring like shame and, and guilt. You can just end up feeling gross. You know, like on that day where you, you binge watch six hours of Tiger King while eating two loaves of homemade banana bread, it's probably not your finest hour, you know, but we can end up in those seasons, you know, just kind of carrying stuff like that. And the thing is, it becomes weight. It ends up entangling us. As we step into places where we feel shame and feel gross, it, it, secrecy can easily pop in, you know, and dishonesty can end up popping in and we just end up getting more entangled. Now, here's the thing. You can still run in that type of situation, but it doesn't matter if you're carrying six pounds or 60 pounds, you're not going to be able to run as, as well as you could. And listen, if you're in that place, like I get it. I mean, I've had my own struggles with pornography in the past. You know, I, uh, I have definitely had days where I have binge watched hours and hours of Netflix. And truth be told, I uh, enjoy Dairy Queen maybe a little too much. You know, like we all have our stuff. And, and, and when I end up in these places where I can feel weighted and entangled, there's steps that I know that I need to take in order to be able to get out from under that. One is I need to just come before God and I need to be honest. Not that he's learning anything, he already knows everything, but there's something about coming to God and asking for forgiveness. And then on top of that, I know that I need to open up and, and be honest with people in my life. I have different people who, who I shoot straight with, with the different things that I'm dealing with in my life in order to help me get untangled because there's something, there is something powerful when we finally get to the place of being able to be open and honest, shedding light in the dark areas of our lives that helps us to get untangled and to be able to let go of weight that we might be carrying. And so here's my question for you. You got anything in your life right now that's causing you to be weighted down? You got anything that's tangling you up? What are the steps that you might be able to take in order to get untangled? You know, what are the things that you might be able to do? Who's one person that you could go ahead and text right now in order just to let them know the things that are going on in your life that you might have a conversation with later? Because here's the thing, God desires for us to be able to run free. He desires for us to be able to not be weighted down or tangled, but to feel the enjoyment of being able to run completely free. Because the reality is, is that life, the, right, the race that we have to run, it's already difficult enough in itself. We begin to hit on more of that as we go to the second part of the game plan. Let's, let's go back to the passage for just a minute. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles and let us run 
with perseverance the race marked out for us. Okay, now in this second part of the game plan, there's actually an A and a B. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Those are the two, that's A and B. Run with perseverance. You know, it's interesting as we look at that, we really for the first time get an idea of what this run is supposed to be like in scripture. We get the idea it's a long distance run because everybody knows like if you're running a sprint, it doesn't take a lot of perseverance. The word actually that is used here in the original Greek is the word um, hippomone for perseverance. It, it, it can be translated as, as perseverance or endurance. It's a word that would be defined as like steadfastness or, or stamina in the midst of, of pain and, and suffering and, and hardship. And uh, it, it really gives us a picture of the Christian life. Like that the Christian life that we live in Man, it's one that takes perseverance and endurance and stamina and patience to be able to run well. Like when you think about it, those are not things that are looked at all that highly in our society today. We, we like instant. We like fast paced. We like things that are in a hurry. We like moving, you know, and it can be difficult for us to take a look at the idea of patience. Like, okay, anyone else been bothered at all by their internet speed at home in comparison to work? Maybe you are one who has upgraded your internet speed since you've been home just because it was driving you a little bit too crazy. Or anyone else been bothered by um, Amazon Prime and that some of your items are not coming in the typical 48 hours because they have been deemed unessential and therefore taking longer? Or how about this? You ever done this where you've been texting someone and, and you finish the text and the three bubbles come up that they're texting you back. And then all of a sudden, those three bubbles, well, they go away as if they're not texting you any longer. And you think to yourself, how dare you? Like there are, there are friendships who have ended from those bubbles actually disappearing. You see, we love, we love to live in this world where things just happen quickly. We can move fast, we're in a hurry. But the thing is, is that the God that we serve well, he's not in a hurry. He doesn't live the same type of timeline that we try to live. And if we try to take God and place him into a box of hurry and rushed, we're just gonna end it up, we're just gonna end up being really frustrated and pretty disappointed. You see, because God, what he desires to do, like he desires to do something in our life that's deep and, and personal. He desires to do transformational work inside of us to make us more like Jesus. And the thing is, is that that type of work, it takes time. It's not easy. You know, it takes, it takes deep introspection, you know, and it takes an element of us being able to be patient and oftentimes to walk through discomfort and, and pain. You see, the thing is, is that like we, <laughs> in our society, we, we run from discomfort and, and we anesthetize pain. Like, you know, so many of those things that we were talking about earlier that, that weighed us down, that, that entangle us, you know why we turn to those things? Because we're trying to anesthetize pain. We have situations that are really hard in our life. You might have a really hard day on <laughs> Zoom calls at work and get really bad news and at the end of the day, you just, you get done with it all and you go, I just need a drink or two or five, you know, or we turn to, 
you know, an evening, which becomes a full weekend of watching Netflix because we just want to kind of zone out and have nothing to do with what's going on in the world. Or maybe your thing is to turn to, you know, you binge shop and go online and buy all kinds of stuff that you don't end up really needing just in order to try to deal with the pain that's going on inside and anesthetize it. But the thing that any of us know about anesthesia is, well, it wears off. And once it wears off, the pain just comes back. You see, the thing that God desires to do inside of us, he desires to do deep transformational work. And, and, and what he says to us is, if, if, if you are willing, would you allow me to do deep transformational work inside of you to make you more into my image? That if, if, if you open your hands from the things you hang on to and allow me to work, I promise, God would say this, I promise I will do some of my deepest, most personal work in you in the midst of this time of pain and discomfort. He desires for us to be able to step in to that type of a deal. And so, and he desires to do that in the race that is marked out for us. He desires to be people who run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, it's interesting to think about that each of us, well, we have a race that's marked out for us and it looks different from other people. You know, one of the things I used to love when I ran cross country was it was different than track. When you ran track, you just went to a track, you know, whatever school you were at, tracks looked exactly the same. You knew it was a quarter mile lap. You were gonna do as many of those as you were going to. And the races all were pretty well gonna look the same. But in cross country, every course was different. There were different obstacles. There was different terrain. There was a different environment. And you knew things were going to be different. You see, we have been handed a race And that race has been marked out for us. It's different from other people. We didn't get to choose it. It was chosen for us. And so it looks different than than this group of people who have gone before us, the people that we read about in chapter 11, whose shoulders we stand upon. And our race that we're in, it's gonna look different than those who come behind us. We have our own difficulties, just like they had their own difficulties, their own struggles, their own hardships, just like we are going to. And God desires to do massive work in our lives in the midst of the race that he has placed us in. This is the time that he has given us. You see, we don't choose the time that we live in, but we choose what we do with the time that we're given. And so for any of us, we have a choice right now. Am I going to allow God to do deep work in my life? Because the common denominator for all of us in the races that we have is that God desires to transform us and then use us in the world that we live in to help other people understand who he is. We don't get to choose the time that we live in, but we choose what we do with the time that we are given. So once we know that, we just simply need a focus. And that focus actually is the the last part of the game plan that we're given in this passage of scripture. Let's go back to it for a minute. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Okay, now when I, when I read this section, I actually, I always thought this was a little interesting because I thought, okay, first thing, get rid of the extra weight, the stuff that entangles me. And then next step, the race marked out for me, I need to run that with perseverance. I would have expected that the author would say, and fix your eyes on the finish line but that's not what they say. It says, but fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, like, like you think about that. 
It sounds kind of churchy. You know, like when you're with churchy people, you know, the answer is always Jesus. But when you stop to actually focus on this idea, it actually makes sense. Because you think about it, the season we're in, we can't see the finish line. So therefore the idea of focusing on Jesus makes way more sense. You see, in this passage of scripture, we aren't given a point to run to, we are given a person to run like. And the author goes on to give us an example of what that looked like for Jesus. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, Jesus, he was the ultimate example. Like he was the one that we were supposed to look to. Like when we think about his life, he was the one who came and dealt with a sinful world even though he was perfect. Like he dealt with the shame and ridicule from people. He ended up being falsely accused. He dealt with injustice. He dealt with torture and then finally dealt with the cross. And all of this stuff that he dealt with, you could think, why did he do it? Well, it says in the passage, it was for the joy set before him. See, in that joy, think about this. That joy, that was us. It was right relationship with us. It was once again, having the opportunity to be in right relationship with us that wouldn't have sin as an issue any longer so that we could be in right relationship with Jesus, right relationship with God in a relationship that would last through all eternity with no sickness and no pain and no COVID-19, you know, in a world that would go on forever in this perfection. That was the joy that was set before Jesus. And so he ran his race and now he stands before us and says, look, I just want you to keep your eyes fixed on me and just run like I did. Just put one foot in front of the other with your eyes fixed on me. But it goes actually farther than that because he's not just our example. You see, he actually is one who is active in our lives. The, the passage says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author or the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, you see, that's massive. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He is the one, like he is the one who is not just an example, but he's actually active. Think about it. Jesus is the one who created you. He's the one who knows you better than you know yourself. He is the one who loves you more than you can understand or imagine. He is the one who says that he is active in your life, building your faith and helping you to become the person who he desires for you to be. And so with that, it's not just that we use him as an example, he becomes our hope and understands that. That's why we're told to place, like to fix our eyes on Jesus rather than on a finish line is because even if we could see the finish line, it's not ultimately gonna be the thing that satisfies. I mean, think about it, at some point, we're going to be able to see the finish line of COVID-19. We are going to get through this as a society. But you know what's going to be on the other side of COVID-19? <laughs> other struggles. There are gonna be other problems, other things that go on in our lives that we don't have a finish line for. You see, Jesus understood that a finish line was never the thing that would actually satisfy us. And so he says, look, I want you to keep your eyes fixed on me because I'm ultimately the one who can truly satisfy you. It reminds me of a, of a passage of scripture 
from the story when Jesus was actually walking the planet in Matthew chapter 14, where Jesus was with his disciples. He got them in a boat and sent them to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And in the middle of the night, they're out and they're still rowing and trying to get across. They're being you know, pushed back by the wind and the waves. And so Jesus goes out walking to them on the water and uh, it freaks the disciples out. And, uh, and in this moment, Jesus tells them who he is. And one of the disciples, Peter says to Jesus, look, if that's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. And he says, all right, come on then. And so Peter steps out of the boat and experiences something that no other human has ever experienced. You know, and in that moment, he keeps his eyes fixed on Jesus, but then the wind and the waves start to distract him. And he begins to look at the circumstances around him. And in that moment, he begins to sink. He reaches out to Jesus. Jesus grabs him. They get in the boat. Jesus says, you have little faith. A lot of you know the story. It's a great one to read later. But you know, you think about that perspective when his eyes were fixed on Jesus, he was able to experience something, man, that no other human had ever done. But when he got his fix on his circumstances, all of that changed. You see, I bring that up because in today's day and age, it's really easy for me to focus on the circumstances, on all the different things that are going on that I wish I had an answer to. A passage of scripture like Hebrews 12 is telling us if we want to run this race well, to keep our eyes fixed on the one we find our hope in that we would find our satisfaction ultimately not in the race course, the circumstances, but on the one who gave his life so that we could live through in perseverance whatever circumstances come in front of us. I don't know what you're going through in life right now. You know, I know that for a lot of people in our church, they're really struggling. But man, if we want to be people who run a race well, man, let's be a community of people who strive to get rid of the different things that entangle us and the weight that we carry. Let's strive to be people who run with perseverance, this race that has been marked out for us by God to be used by him in the lives of other people and help people see who Jesus truly is. Let's be people who fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, that we might be people who find our hope in him and him alone. Let me close in prayer. Lord God, thank you so much for your love for us that we actually see in a passage of scripture like this. You know, life is hard right now and it's really difficult to be in a season where we cannot see the finish line. Would you help us to be people who rather than look to the finish line as our satisfaction would ultimately look to you. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for your work in our lives. Would we be people who open ourselves up to you and allow you to do your deep transformative work in the midst of this season. Give us the ability to continue to run with perseverance. We pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.